0: Welcome to Passing Time with Craig. As always, I'm your host, Craig, and uh, today's a fun one. I'm excited. Uh, If you know me, you know two things. I like alcohol, (laughs) and I like hosting events, especially at local places. And uh, I feel like the past few years, we've really noticed um, all the great local businesses and breweries especially. Breweries are a big thing right now. Uh, there's so many of them, but I don't know if everybody knows that there are local distilleries. And we're here today at Two Rivers with the founder, Mark, uh, to talk about how it came to be, everything, all that fun stuff. So please welcome
1: Mark. Thanks, Craig. Get that a little bit closer. Perfect. Yeah, there we Thanks. go. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you for being here today. Um, so, uh, Two Rivers, it's based off of, I mean, we got the name because... It's Two Rivers meeting in Calgary, right? That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Clever. Clever, isn't it? Very,
0: very simple. <laughs> um, and, okay, so why distilling? Um, that's a good question. It, it,
1: was, it was many factors over many years that, that got me into distilling. I think it all started probably when I was eight years old, and not from drinking. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, I remember when I was 8 years old I I discovered my older brother Terry's record collection and he yeah. had this massive record collection with you know sticks and and the Beatles and Queen and uh, you know um Cheap Trick and all these really really cool bands and um he allowed me to listen to whatever albums I wanted which is pretty cool considering I was 8 years old right yeah. so so um, from that moment on, I wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> so so um, uh, that turned into getting into the school band and playing bass in grade five and then getting into, into little local garage bands and, yeah. and through, through junior high school and high school. And then as soon as I graduated high school, um, uh, myself and my buddy, who actually plays drums and Glow, Oh, yeah. with us. We moved to Edmonton and joined a band and started touring full-time. So, 18-year-old kids, we were 120 pounds soaking wet with <laughs> hair down to our ass yeah. in 1989. <laughs> and and we were going to be big rock stars. Anyways, after after about a year of doing that, I realized that we probably weren't going to be big rock stars. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that, that you know, I should probably, probably Have a backup plan? Well, probably get a life, <laughs> right? So So, I quit and went home and um enrolled in university, and uh I found out pretty quickly in university that you know you you're pretty poor and you're pretty broke and and i didn't like that very much and nope. you, you know you didn't have a lot of money to <laughs> to go out and party and all that kind of stuff, so I thought you know why don 't I just make my own booze yeah and then then we'll do that, so started making wine and and beer and and all that kind of stuff at home and in um uh a bunch of us actually started doing, it. we started getting really competitive at it and It was just like who can make the best wine and who can make the best beer and all that kind of stuff so so um, that you know that was always just kind of kind of a fun thing on the side and and, and I, I still continued playing music but but um, professionally but just part time right um, when I graduated from from university, um, I came down to to calgary for for a wedding and met the owner of a company here that called me when I went back home and offered me a job. Oh. So so we packed up, and packed up, and we moved to Beverly Hills, that is, <laughs> yeah. no, no but, but yeah. We came to Calgary and um, um, started working, and, and my, my buddy Jarrett, who I played, played with uh, in, after high school and in high school was in a, was in a really popular cover band here called Curious George. And he said, dude, you got to come check us out. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, sure. So I came check checked him. I'm like, yeah, man, you guys are killer. Like, it's really good. And he goes, um, our bass player, RJ, um, his job, sometimes he can't play any gigs. He said, once you learn, learn our set list and you can fill in. And I'm like, okay. Started filling in with him. Um, and then I ended up uh, playing in another band for a while. Um, uh, and then uh, Reed from from Zucker Baby um, called me and said, "Hey, we're reforming Zucker Baby, and um, just wondering if if you if you'd like to to play bass." And I'm just like, "Hell yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah I would." Yes, so please. played with Zucker Baby for for a while, and then and then um, you know that kind of fizzled out. And uh, Jarrett came back to me and uh said hey um uh another buddy of ours darren who sings in glow um he's he's like the bitchin' singer in town the bitchin' front man right everybody wanted to play with darren he goes hey uh darren's thinking that you know he might want to get a project going and i said okay well let's talk to him and see what he says so we ended up chatting together and and forming glow and playing in glow a lot this is ending up to be a really long answer isn't it? <laughs> but i love it i love it so, it's, sorry everyone's uh, like wait I, I, like super asked rough. about distillery <laughs> i'll get back to the point it, it's a it's a it's a long tail so obviously so, it's
0: not just like something that you just wake up one day and you're like yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well totally totally well it kind of was a little yeah. bit but but there was other factors so so we um we were, we were playing in glow and, and playing a ton and 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 then uh darren uh, ended up recording um, a solo side uh, country project, and ended up starting touring around Canada with that. And he's like, "Well, guys, I just, you know, I don't really have time for Glow." And so we kind of we kind of put the band on hold. And I and I found and and I had I had I had um, a young a young child and then another one that was on the way. So I was like, "Going, oh, I don't really want to <laughs> stay up till four o'clock in the morning anymore." Anyways, uh, with two young kids, it's yeah. just like. I'm too old for that shit. So, so um, we kind of put the band on hold, but I found that after a couple of years, I was just just missing that creative outlet so yeah. much. Like, it was, there was a huge hole, and I was super bitchy, and like, I was just, this is not cool. So, I was, I started making alcohol at home again and all that. And, and then I was just like, I made a batch of beer, and I was like, this just tastes like shit. Yeah. Like, and then I, I'm pretty cheap. And I didn't want to pour it down the drain. Yeah. So I so I went out and bought a pressure cooker and some, in in some uh, uh, copper copper hose from for like a a fridge. Yeah. And made a made a little stove top still, <laughs> <laughs> and and distilled off the distilled off the beer and and you know the it wasn't that great but then I was kind of hooked on it. Yeah. And I was just like okay well, then I started really looking into it and researching distilling and you know, what's good and what's bad and am I gonna make somebody go blind and oh, yes. all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the most that's mostly a, that's mostly an old wives tale, but yeah, if you definitely if you drink the the methanol right off the start, then yeah, that's very bad, but but you know You, don't, kind of, wanna do <laughs> you don't, don't wanna do that. You don't definitely don't want to do that. Yeah, so anyway so so that turned into a pretty heavy heavy hobby. Um, there was hundreds of freaking mason jars in our garage <laughs> <laughs> and all my buddies are like loved coming over to the house and you know they're like this is pretty good um you know you ever think of doing this for a career and I was at a stage in in, in my career where where it was just it wasn't thrilling me anymore i don't know midlife crisis maybe yeah maybe a little bit but i probably could have retired in another five years if i had to stay there <laughs> but but uh but um but yeah i just looked i looked at it and i said hmm i wonder and yeah. then, then I started seriously looking into what the cost would be to open up a distillery. And then, then, of course, I wanted to make sure that I just didn't show up and start doing it. So then I looked into where I could get certified from and training like that. Ended up signing up through the international brewers and distillers out of the UK. So signed up for their, for their diploma course um, just you know, just to make sure that, that I wasn't going to yeah. to kill somebody. Right? <laughs> yes. You don't have to in Alberta. That's a scary thing. that
0: is alarming
1: it's super scary (laughs) so it's super scary so yeah but but i did um and then looked into the cost of opening a distillery and found out pretty quick that there's no chance that that we would be able to afford it on our own right so drew up a business plan talked to a couple buddies and they were like we're in and i'm just like oh shit, it looks like you know so after i had after i had five people that were like yeah we're in Then I kind of went to my wife and said, so um, I'm thinking about opening a distillery. And she just started laughing. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And I go, well, read my business plan. And
0: she goes, oh, no. Oh, no, you're not just thinking like this is not a five-minute thought. (laughs) She's
1: like, uh-oh. And I'm like, yeah, I think we can do it. So, yeah, so we ended up, that was from that moment until we opened was about three years Mm. to get everything because there's there's a lot involved in in opening a distillery there's a lot of different layers of government and and you know just the equipment itself is 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 there's not many places that make distilling equipment and there's not many places that make good distilling equipment so if you're going to spend a half a million dollars on on some equipment you better do your research right? right right so i actually ended up flying out to the to the um um Manufacturer that make made our distilling equipment just to talk to them and see their operation and all that kind of stuff before before we drop the cash into it and yeah, and yeah but once we gave the deposit it was there was no turning back well, right and so, how
0: long does it like because you know I know brewery stuff and I know like beers can be done in like twelve days like a beer just like your simple vodka your simple gin how long does that take to make well for us.
1: For us, for our, our vodka, <clears throat> it takes a little bit longer than some other distilleries. Just because I don't have a massive rectifying column, I've got a small column. So I need to run it through my still four times oh, wow. to get it up to to what's called a neutral grain spirit in NGS. That's 95%. So um, some of the distilleries that have, you know, you look and they've got the big the big 24 column. Uh, rectifying columns or plate rectifying columns then those ones they can they can run it through one time and get it so yeah for me to to get to get the 95% alcohol takes you know probably a couple weeks to do that but then you have to ferment it before but it ferments pretty quick for for vodka like it ferments only maybe three days or so mostly alcohols made in the the first two days so anything after that's more flavor Mm. if you're distilling it through you're still four times you know there's not going to be a lot of flavor left in it you don't want you know, any off flavors obviously right? right so let's say you did you did do your ferment and then you smelt you know maybe a little bit of dacetol or or something it smelled a little bit off then you let it ferment a little bit further and let that let the you know, let the yeast clean it up but even even those when you run it through the still it's not there's not going to be a lot left after that many times right. so 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 what i do what I do for that is I'll make a, a ton of that, like a, like usually a few hundred liters, yeah. and then that's what I just pull off when I make everything else. Oh, okay. So when I make gin, I'll pull out of that, and then make gin out of that, and then if I do any of the flavored vodkas, I just pull out of that, so that's kind of where all the work is, is is getting that that um, base of spirit, and then after that, it, it's pretty quick. Like, a well... Relatively quick. Relatively yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. Like a gin a gin distilling day is um, usually around 18 to 20 hours for the distilling time for that. And same with the last run on the vodka. The last run on the vodka would be, you know, 16 hours or whatever that the still will run for. So those are long days, but it, it's not hard work. It's yeah. just, you know, it. basically once you get the still balanced, that's so that the alcohol is coming out at the correct speed um once it that takes once you get it up to heat and get it balanced it's usually a couple hours then it's more more just you know coming and checking on it every 20 30 minutes just to make sure that nothing weirds happening yeah and yeah and then you just kind of you know go do paperwork pay your taxes <laughs> yeah do all the stuff <laughs> you need to do yeah.
0: well so it's so funny as you're talking <clears throat> and and people going like i'm sure some pe- listeners are like I thought you said like something creative and this sounds really technical and there is a lot of like you want it to be proper, good quality. So mm-hmm. you, there's a lot of technical stuff to it, but there's so much creativity. So like currently um, I'm drinking um, a drink made with your jalapeno vodka. Yeah. Yeah. The Gigi. the Gigi. Yeah, and it's delicious. Yeah. It's got that nice kick to it. And I've had a, a few of your different flavors. Um, and that's where the creativity comes in alcohol. Like, because if you, yeah, you could just make a, a vodka, just a plain one that everybody else is doing too um but you want something kind of nicer about that vodka and then you want to bring in those flavored ones especially so one of the things I love here um and I came with my sister Amy uh (laughs) shout out to Amy she was really excited when she discovered you guys have a Caesar flight Mm -hmm. and it's such a cool thing to get these little Caesars and try uh these different flavors in it because you 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 all everybody's had a Caesar. We're in freaking Calgary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but to try something else, alcohol wise, in it is really neat. Yeah, the flights were well.
1: I'm I'm not gonna take, hundred percent credit on that. That that's that's definitely ripping off breweries, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. You go yeah. for a beer flight. Now, er, we do spirit flights as well here. But you know, you go into a distillery and you go, oh, I'll get a flight. And it's you know, four glasses of half an ounce and it's straight spirits. Yeah. So most people are gonna be like, Man, that's like whew, that's strong. Yeah. Right? And, and, and you're kind of you know, you if you're not an aficionado, you're gonna be going, Well, you just it's just gonna burn from the ethanol. Right? So you can't really you can't really
0: How many people a- appreciate would you say it? Would, Well, how many people would you say would probably not who couldn't appreciate would just come in and just think to shoot it? Yeah. Like, yeah. So there's, I mean, and there's only, yeah. again, it's half ounce, um, but you're still shooting. <laughs> yeah. Well, or they
1: don't, or they don't like it because, right. because they can't, when, when you're not used to tasting a spirit, your, your mind rebels against the ethanol burn. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like when, when you do a shot of something that's high testing, like, <laughs> right. They're like, <laughs> like, no, this is no good. Is so, no good. so it, it's hard to see past that, um, um, and most of the times, people well, yeah, they'll take way too big of a sip or whatever. So all they get is the ethanol. Right. So so um, actually, a friend of mine, Sandra, she said, why don't you do cocktail flights with your little cocktails and you know just have you know do do a, a short, so basically half of what you're having, yeah, and then offer four of those. And I was like, I like the idea, but I thought in practice it would just suck. Yeah. Like it would be terrible. It would take forever to make them and all that. So kind of worked through that and said yeah you know it takes a little bit longer but then somebody's got this whole plate of cocktails and they're not going to bug you for 45 minutes (laughs) so you know it's short-term pain for long term gain. and and that's the best way to taste the spirits because you're tasting them the way the way they're supposed to be tasted right like gin it it's funny people will taste taste the gin and go oh wow, blah 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 that's really you know it's super botanically or it's really hot and and I'm like well gin, gin's not gin's not made to drink straight right right whiskey's made to drink straight or or mixed but gin most definitely is not gin is a base for a cocktail or a martini so if you're drinking gin straight cool. But, you know, you're probably not going to enjoy it the way that you really would unless it was mixed in the proper cocktail and martini, yeah. right? So, so, you know, I always say that with we've got kind of four of our base gins that we do. And each one of them covers a different base, right? The the London Dry Gin is a, is your typical um, 12 Botanical, herbaceous and spicy um, London Dry style. And then we have the hibiscus that's quite floral, and I, I call it a wet gin, but it's not not wet like sweet. Right. It's sweeter than the London dry, but that's more from just from from the, the, the hibiscus tea sort of thing that we make to mix with it. And then the rhubarb gin, which is quite tart and quite bitter. So you've got those three bases covered. And then then on home plate, we've got the, the um, beetroot gin that's like super ultra earthy yeah in in, in I, that's my favorite one it's so <laughs> it's so good but each one of those gins you need to mix it with something different to bring out the the full flavor from it right, right. like the 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 london dry gin is fantastic with with tonic just a gin and tonic but the hibiscus gin. The tonic doesn't work great with it. Soda water works way better. Or ginger beer or ginger ale. Like, ginger ale with that is just killer. Yeah. It's a lazy bartender drink. It's so good. <laughs> we drink tons of them. <laughs> and, then, and then with the rhubarb, uh, because it's it's quite bitter and quite tart, that one mixes much better with, like, an orange juice or, yeah. or something. Ginger beers are great with that one as well. And then um, uh, the beetroot, that one just soda and, and lime. It's killer, right? So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there's just... You know, it, as far as now, nah, I guess getting back to the, to the Caesar flight, <laughs> man, my answers are really long. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry, It's okay. I'm totally, it's all
0: good. I'm totally rambling. It works. You, you it works. It got me started. And I've
1: only had a couple <laughs> sips of the whiskey. Yeah. So, 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 so yeah. So the, the Caesar flight came out of the cocktail flight because yeah. we've got so many different kinds of vodkas that, that, um, and then there's always some small batch shit that I've got doing in the back that, you know, some, I got the idea for something. One of them was bacon vodka. Yes. So yeah. So that I've works
0: really well in a Caesar. It's really good,
1: <laughs> but that one's a tough one to make. That one took a, a while to figure out how to how to best make it. And then you know the dill pickle is great, the jalapeno is great, the coffee vodka is really good. You've had a coffee vodka yep. Caesar, yeah, it's yeah. killer, right? It's, I wouldn't
0: expect that.
1: No, no, the the beetroot gin's actually really good in a Caesar too. It's Interesting. it's really earthy. So yeah. So then then we yeah figured well if we're doing a cocktail flights Might as well do Caesar flights too. And then do gin and tonic flights as well. So we do three different
0: kinds of flights. So just listening to you talk there and uh, saying which works better for the gins, uh, like what mix and everything. What I love about distilleries and breweries um, and uh, Calgary's winery that we got, like the cideries, it's These aren't places that you're coming in to get (laughs) shit-faced. Yeah. You're coming in to appreciate. And that's what I really like about um, all these places. And listening to you talk about it and explain, like, people can come in here and get a good buzz going for sure. um, But they're learning stuff and learning, like, because I did not like gin until I tried local stuff. Yep. Because... The only gin I ever had was usually, like, my my one friend, she loved it. Like, when we were going to college, she loved gin, but, like, pretty cheap-ass stuff. Yeah. And, like, any time I ever smelt it or tried it, I was like, oh, God, I don't understand how people can like gin. Like, this is gross. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, there's different yeah. <laughs> and proper quality? Like, yeah. And we can mix with different things? Like. Yeah, it, gin's super versatile.
1: And the, the beauty of gin, um, especially for for a micro distillery like me is there's you know there's a few rules to it like the london dry gin has a few rules your base spirit can't be lower than 95 percent because they don't want any flavor coming from the spirit oh you can't proof it below 38 and a half Hmm. right you can't add any sugar to it and that's you know and it has to be juniper forward all gins have to be juniper forward but that's really it that's the only rules for it so you know Sky's the limit. You could put cow shit in it, and if it tastes good, right? As long as it's junior, (laughs) as long as the Alberta one, (laughs) yeah, exactly. As long as it has those other four things on it, it's still a gin. Yeah. So that that's that's the beauty of it, and 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 that's why myself personally, I I love gin, and and I love going to the other distillers to see what they're coming up with, and what because gin's a very very personal product for for the distiller. Because that's kind of usually the style that they like. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if it's a citrus forage, then that distiller probably likes citrus forage. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I
0: love talking to all the distillers and brewers and everybody because I, they all make something at some point that they're like, oh, this is for me. Mm-hmm. i know that this is not going to move as fast as anything else we do but this <laughs> is for me and i'm like hey it's your business you've got to do something for yourself <laughs> yeah that was that was the beetroot gin and the absinthe yeah i knew
1: i knew absinthe wasn't would not be a, a huge a huge seller but there's my favorite um my favorite martini is a corpse reviver yeah so i wanted to i was just like i want to do my own absinthe for it so yeah yeah because
0: i've done the corpse reviver here um i've had a. I've had at least two drinks here that have the absinthe in it. Nice. and And it works because I'm, like, I'm always, you know, scared, but it works. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it's got, it's high alcohol, right? Yeah. 60%. So
0: yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you have to tread lightly. And so we've got, we've covered, or we've talked about your vodkas and your gins. Um, You are working on your little, you're drinking your little whiskey right now. Yep. Do some whiskey as well. Now, um, obviously this is, Audio and there's no visual, but pe- people would see that it's ky because <laughs> that's the rule, right? Mm-hmm. Ky is anything outside of the United States is ey. Ey and and
1: Ireland, so those two use ey. Everywhere else uses well, not everywhere else. I don't know everywhere, but but, but yeah, Canada is ky and Scotland. Yeah, and I think Canada Canada is is always kind of um, mirrored. The Scottish whiskeys more than more than American whiskeys. American whiskeys are predominantly bourbons, right? Right. Corn based, whereas Canadian whiskeys are are usually barley or rye, right? So, we do we do our whiskeys. We do. <laughs> that's another whiskey's another cool category, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? They're just you know it's just like the wild west. Sky's yeah. the limit. So the the first thing in when I was designing um, the our still with with. Uh, with the company that made them as I wanted to have a still that would make a really good scotch style whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's my favorite kind of whiskey. Personally, I love Isla scotches, like a really heavy peated scotch. Um, I, I just love those. Those are my favorite kinds. So I, I, I wanted to be able to not replicate those. Obviously we don't have peated malt in, in Alberta, but I wanted to um, make some whiskeys that were the same manufacturing way and kind of the same flavor profile that you would get from a from just a two row barley out of out of Scotland. So we do all of our whiskies to the Scottish Purity Laws. Super, super simple. Yeah. Right? You can only use malt, you can use water and you can use yeast and then you double batch distill it. So easy peasy. Right. So that's that's how we do ours. Um, it gets its flavor from the malt. You double batch distill it so it it, it still saves a lot of that malt flavor that's that's in the spirit that gets transferred into the barrel and then lets the barrel do its do its work now a lot of scottish distilleries (coughs) will age their their whiskey for its whole term in one barrel usually ex-bourbon barrel here we have the luxury of playing around with it so the first the first whiskey that i released was it spent its whole life in um In a Woodford Reserve barrel before I bottled it, but the second whiskey that we just released before Christmas, that one spent two years in a freshly uh, charred American white oak barrel, and then one year in a bourbon barrel, and then six months in a merlot barrel. So the the difference between those two whiskeys, exactly same base, two row barley. I know the, um, I get all my barley out of out of Strathmore, Um, the the exact same barley, Um, that you would never tell that from tasting it because it's yeah. so, you know, the second one is so spicy and smoky and, and then it has those little bit, of, it has a little bit of nose from the Merlot and the finish has a little bit of Merlot. A lot more green apple on that one than the first one. The first one's more toffee, maybe a little bit of caramel in it. So, yeah, yeah whiskey's awesome, man. Whiskey's good cool. so, so fun. So,
0: you're drinking it neat. yeah Is that the more popular scottish way of drinking whiskey is neat or is it on the rocks or
1: i think the scottish way is just to drink a lot of it (laughs) (laughs) as someone who's
0: scottish i can attest yeah Yeah. (laughs) you
1: you know what there's no and 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 this is you know some people get snobby about drinking whiskey I, i there's no wrong way to drink it yeah you know even if somebody wanted to put some coke in it i'd probably grit my teeth but at the end of the day, hey, you know, yeah, it's your drink. Do what you want. Personally, myself, this whiskey was proof to 40 percent, right? Right. So what I wanted to do is I, I I wanted to have when when we sold it, I wanted to have a whiskey that was accessible to everybody, not just the aficionados. Yeah. Right. So the first batch I did a lot 40, and then I got in shit from a lot of our regulars because they're like, you didn't do any cask strength, and I'm just like, well. So the next one I did. 20 bottles of cask strength. Next one, I'll probably do 40 because uh, those cask strength ones, like, it's sold, <laughs> like, instantly. Like, they wanted it. But, but you know, so let's say you, you had a dram at cask strength at 65. Well, you're probably not going to drink that whole thing straight. Right. Because that's a lot of ethanol. Like, that's really, really hot. So it's always... What I find I like to do is I like to take my first sip just to see what it tasted like in the barrel and what the flavors are in that. And... In, a lot of times it's, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around the flavors exactly because they're one, they're, they're basically, um, alcohol is such a heavy solvent that it, it liquefies all the flavors. Right. For lack of a better term. And then if you add a little bit of water or an ice cube to it, what happens is, is it causes those flavors to come out of suspension and then you can smell it and taste it a little bit more. Uh. Right. So as you're adding water to it, you're what, what's called opening up the flavor and it allows you to to really taste more of it. You get less of the ethanol burn, but you get more of the flavor of the whiskey so so yeah, yeah, usually usually what I'll do is i'll is I'll start with with a glass with some with some whiskey in it, and then you know I'll add a couple of drips and or I'll add a ice cube and yeah. and just just let it go with that, or I'll just kill it as is yeah. one the other. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, <Go ahead. laughs> so yeah, but there's no there's no wrong way to do it, really, yeah. right. Except for a shooter, I would say a shooter. I, yeah, I a shooter is you know don't if you're gonna do a shooter of whiskey, do cheap whiskey because mm-hmm. you're not gonna taste it anyways, right? Do yeah. vodka. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> do Sour sourpuss <laughs> yeah. I lo- yeah that's pretty funny we used to do um sourjacks remember those shots oh yeah that was like the glow standby shot like we, that's all we ever used to I do i can't the band. remember last
0: <laughs> time i not even thought about that but it's just funny because we were chatting I was chatting with people the other day and somebody mentioned sourpuss and I was like yeah let's break it i was like i was like oh i remember just like having that mickey of sourpuss that you just pass <sighs> around yeah <laughs> yeah Yeah, we used to mix it, well, the Sour
1: Jack shot, remember that one, with Jack Daniels and Sour Puss? Yeah. It was funny, the last time we played, we played here a couple weeks ago, and um, that was our singer's go-to. He loved that. He doesn't really do them that much anymore, but I said, I said, so I've been thinking about trying to make Sour (laughs) Puss, and he started laughing, and I was like, I don't know how I could. I have no idea how you can make that, but... I've been thinking about trying to make some make some so we can do some Sour yeah. shots.
0: would <laughs> be hilarious. So, yeah. Well, you have conquered. One of the things that I loved was the, is your Nanaimo bar liqueur. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest, I mean, there's obviously a huge difference because you're, we got to look here. It's there's cream in it.
1: Like, no, there's no cream no. in that. So that one has no dairy whatsoever. I've, I've, I've never used dairy in any of my products just because you'd have to pasteurize it. Ah. Right. So, um, I'm not, I could in theory do it, but it, it, it makes me worried. Yeah. Right. Just shelf life. Yeah. And, and, and for a distillery like mine, um, we don't have massive volume. So you have to be really you have to be really careful about stuff like that. And then when you're using natural ingredients too, like we use all natural ingredients, you have to yeah you have to kind of watch that because yeah. you can because you can it can go off. Like w- would it go off and in physically hurt somebody? Probably not. But would it go off and taste like shit? Yes, yeah. probably right. And
0: if that's the first time somebody's trying totally then your kills, product and you're like oh well two river sucks, <laughs> yeah <right? laughs> yeah. Right?
1: So, yeah so yeah you got to be careful with that. So so that one doesn't no it has it has mm-hmm. that one is. I I think it gets its creaminess from the coconut. Oh, it's a coconut vodka that I make. macerate a macerated coconut vodka, and and then I proof it down with like a a chocolate simple syrup that I make up to in house. So, you know, we try to use we try to use as natural ingredients as possible. Like we don't use you know flavor number thirty two or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, right, but. You know, there's. one
0: of the well, and speaking of which, like one of the things I, I love what you, about what you do, um, and I'm so appreciative of any business that is, uh, worry like cautious of their environmental impacts. So you are you're about local, like you're you're not using anything crazy or outrageous, and that's going to be bad for you. And you also like, uh, like a few other places, they you give your spent grain to feeds like to farms right yep yeah
1: yep yeah the spent grain goes to to cattle ranches there's a company that comes comes and picks that up and so obviously and as a small
0: business owner and a local business owner it's important that you want people to support local but <laughs> yeah yeah but why is it important for you
1: <laughs> well a couple of reasons and, and you know i don't want to stand on a soapbox and in in and have a messiah complex, but the the reality of it is is the ingredients in Alberta are, are world class. So you know why why would you not take advantage of that, right? Like even even the water, yeah. It's everyone goes oh whatever the water Bow River water. It's yeah. like well that's it's glacial fed, yeah. and we're pretty close to the mountains. Yeah, it goes through farmland. And I'm sure it picks up you know, runoff and all that kind of stuff. But, but the water itself is pretty, pretty amazing to begin with. It's not like some crazy silted river or something like that. So, so, you know, we've got that. And then we're surrounded by this, these amazing farmlands and, and the two row barley that's grown in Alberta is some of the best in the world. There's, there's companies that come that buy our barley from all over the world for their, for their products. So, you know, shit mines only 50 kilometers away yeah right? it, it's killer yeah you, you know so why wouldn't she do that yeah. you'd be silly not to do that to get it in from somewhere else now right. now you know here and here's the the 20,000 dollar question would i still use it if i didn't think it was the best the the i think the answer to that would probably be no yeah. to tell you the truth um i probably would source it from from somewhere else but but luckily, but I don't would, have to make that decision. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and that's just it. And that would be, it's one of those things I think some some places need to figure out when they're like, well, why aren't they getting it from us? Well, because, is, like, is your product the best? Like, yeah. and that's where I also, <laughs> I am a huge supporter of supporting local. I think it's so important. With an asterisk of what you just said, that, like, well no, that's not the best product, though. Like, or like I've gone to that place every single time and I've gotten food poisoning or Yeah, yeah I can or, suck. Or, or, or yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? That's or, the bottom line. This I'm sorry, this clothing is just like wrecks on me or like it's just put it in the washing machine once and it's mm-hmm. done even though it says like it's good to go. Um this Yeah, this alcohol I just it's so so yeah, I guess you
1: you know, you were saying and and that's kind of always been, that's been my, my kind of my business plan, right? It's, it's, you can usually get somebody to try your product because it's local yeah. now, but then it's up to you to make sure that it doesn't suck. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I think we're roughly around 30 to 35% repeat customers here which I think is great. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. Now, you know, I'd love to make that. Well, I don't, I don't want it to be a hundred percent because then no new people are coming no in. new it. people. But I think that's a really nice, nice mix. And it just shows that people do appreciate it. And they yeah. obviously do think it's, it doesn't suck. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. Either that or they're just, you know, I don't know. I <laughs> mean, maybe, maybe they, maybe they like my smiling face. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. But, but, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of always been the way that I've done it. It's just like, ooh, you never get that second chance to make a first impression. Yeah. That old cliche, right? Yeah. So,
0: well, my so I've i mentioned my sister, Amy. Um, you know, she does printing for you. Yep. And she, it was two, three Christmases ago, it was a couple of Christmases ago um, during COVID time, but she saw, um, the, the vodkas that you did and the flavored ones. So she asked me to come pick them up for her to give to her um, husband, my brother in law Dan, for Christmas and loved it. And then, of course, she keeps, you know, printing your menus and yeah, seeing yeah. stuff. Yeah, and well, she's yeah. like, oh my God. So I was like, well, look, I'm a 15 minute walk from there and <laughs> I will gladly come and meet you. And she came down um, with her husband and the two kids. And everybody was like, my sister and brother in law were just so happy with these vodkas and they took stuff to go. I also told them, um, what is the raspberry iced tea? Yep. I love that. And yeah. so I got my, I was like, Amy, you need to have it. And so good. Um, but that's just it. And everybody you bring down, like they seem to really enjoy it cause it's good stuff. It's delicious. So I'm happy. Uh, so this will air, um, just after Lord of the Rings trivia nice. has happened here, but this will be our second event here. Yeah. And, uh, it, the events are super cool it's a great space it's a really cool space for events
1: i think yeah. right because we've got the stage you got the stage so so you know you get to you get to be up on the stage and in and, and be above yeah so everyone can can see what's going on and it's a good layout um cozy it's yeah. a cozy it's cozy little cozy distillery.
0: um and i was reading uh that you wanted kind of that uh like britain feel to it Yep, and i definitely get that like our well our Everyone needs a
1: shtick, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? What did they, what did, you're probably too young for this, but when I was young, I used to watch the Flintstones every, yes, every yeah. lunch hour. And w- there was the one episode where I think it was like the Way Outs, remember that band? Yep. And they're like, everyone needs a gimmick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So y- you kind of need a shtick yeah. in, a, in a small distillery like that. But for me, it was, you know, I wanted to kind of pay homage to the, the, the founding of Calgary um, that's where the two rivers come right. from, right? The Boney elbow. And it's also and a the, cool name for whiskey. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then right up until kind of our cutoff was the end of the First World War. And and the reason for that is my, my grandfather and his brother, um, um, well, my great-grandfather um, had immigrated from England to Nova Scotia. And then in the early 1800s, he did one of those land things where you could buy like of a quarter section or something of land in saskatchewan so they all got on a train and went from from nova scotia to saskatchewan to to get their farmstead right so they so they did they did their farmstead there and then when world war one hit um my my grandfather enlisted and his brother at the time lived in Toronto, and he enlisted as well. Mm-hmm. And then they, they went over, and they actually fought at Vimy Ridge together in the same regiment. My my grandfather, obviously, he, he survived the war, but my, my great-uncle got killed on the first day um, on Vimy Ridge. So I, I kind of wanted to play, pay a bit of a tribute to yeah. them as well because, you know, for me, I was just thinking, man, these kids, they're, they're just kids yeah. when they did it, and, and they were, you know— they're they're heeding the call for king and country in in for me it it gives me a, a huge sense of pride that 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 they did that yeah so i so that was kind of another reason why i opened distillery i said to myself like what have you done what have you done in your life what have you like you know what's your legacy going to be and and that's i think was the main thing that kind of pushed me over the, the edge of the cliff? Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, and, and,
0: and opening into still a idiot, <laughs> idiot, idiot. What were idiot. you thinking, you idiot. fool? Idiot. I, I mean, idiot choice. But I'm pleased with your idiot decision because <laughs> I, <appreciate it. laughs> I like drinking and I love the stuff here. Um, yeah, it's a great venue. What what do you want people to know about the taproom? Like, we want to bring people down. We want people to come to this taproom, um, not just for, like, yeah, live music, my trivia nights, but it's just a cool space.
1: I think the... Honestly, the best nights is when we don't have an event. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Wow. Craig. Sorry, Craig. <laughs> well, this, hey. This hey, episode I the will the- never air. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, I do the events too. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I play here too. But but because those are the intimate nights, yeah. right? So, you know, we're not that busy. Yeah. Um, sorry. I wish we were. <laughs> but, you know, last Friday, for example, um, well, it's, it's, it's February as yeah. well. So, so, I didn't schedule anyone to work the bar, so I worked the bar myself, and there was four four different tables that came in. Well, I spent most of the night bullshitting with them, yeah, right, so so you know if that's something that kinda you're kind of into or whatever well and if any of them said, "Listen, dude, I just I want to talk to my friend here." I'd be like, "Okay, so yeah, yeah, but you know oh, I, think, I, get that too. I think it's I think it's cool that on those nights you can come in and it's very intimate. Yeah. And you know, we'll usually we'll usually chat your ear off yeah. if you want. Well,
0: and we're stuff. going back to what I said about like coming down and learning and and discovering that oh, there might be a gin out there for you or there might be a vodka for you or something about whiskey like yeah. it's uh it gives you that opportunity whereas when you're at a place and it's super freaking busy like if somebody comes in for if somebody's having a birthday party here or a wedding like anything like that it's like it's, great i'm glad that you're interested but i'm a little too busy to (laughs) all hands on deck yeah yeah.
1: it's funny every time we're playing in in uh, i'm up on stage for three hours then those nights and you know those are always the nights where dudes are like hey
0: man can you give me a tour of the back i'm like yeah no 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 because okay i want to also mention if people are thinking coming down um you do do uh, distillery tours as well, so yep. people can actually come in and see everything and yep. learn about it, which is yep. super cool.
1: Yeah, and we do a guided tasting with that. Nice. So we'll do we'll usually spend about a half an hour in the back talking about our processes, and then we'll go to the front and uh, kind of taste you know the base the base spirits, and I'll usually throw something yeah. else in there too. So
0: yeah, yeah, and uh, and then you've also do like, a dry January. You did mocktail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have a zero-alcohol
1: gin. So, so and I never talked about that.
0: Jeez, no. no. <laughs> well, that's
1: cuz sorry. My listeners know. <laughs> well, you know, me too to tell you the truth. But w- w- the zero-alcohol gin, it's not well, technically it can't be called gin cuz it can't be proof below 38.5%, right. right? Yes. Right? <laughs> See, we're learning. <laughs> we're learning. But but it is in, you know, it's kind of semantics. So it so it is a zero-alcohol gin because um it's juniper forward, it's botanical and it's distilled. So the reason that um, that I created this gin was uh, I had tasted a lot of the others they're all called gins. Yeah. The where they where they weren't distilling them. They were just kind of soaking the botanicals in it and then kinda mixing it. And, and quite honestly, it tastes like it tastes like vomit. Like it has a really acidic y finish that yeah. that that tastes like Tastes like vomit, mm. right? this right? it's not good. <laughs> no. And it and that shit pisses me off because I I think that um, you know when you when you have a distillery like this, not only do you need to save your reputation, but you need to save the reputation of the industry in itself. Yeah, and if a lot of people go, "Wow, craft is shit." then it doesn't matter what you do, that that becomes the reputation yep. that small batches garbage don't even bother, don't waste your time and then it kills everybody. So it, if I if I make something and I'm not happy with it, it doesn't go it doesn't go to retail or it doesn't go on the bar. It'll it'll I'll either eighty six it yeah. or work on it until it's good enough, right? Until they figure yeah. that it's good. So but but with the with the zero call Gen, I wanted to create um, something that you could make cocktails with, and that it would taste like a cocktail, because th- that's another thing too. Now, it, why should the person that's driving, or the person that's pregnant, Here's or the Coke. person, <laughs> yeah, the person that just doesn't want to drink, yeah. why should they not to be able to partake in a fun night with their friends, yeah. right? So you know, we do tons of mocktails with the zero alcohol gin, and it looks the same. As we would with our regular gin. Yeah. So you got to be careful, too. The flavor. <laughs> and the flavor is very close. You yeah. just don't have the burn from the ethanol, right? So, yeah. That one, it took forever to freaking figure out how to do that. Because distilling without alcohol is hard. I <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it, doesn't, it doesn't
1: work the same way, I'm afraid.
0: You know, it's funny. I just hope at the end of this podcast, if people, if there's one thing people take away from it, is that... There's creativity, and there's hard work, <laughs> and and there's that technical side of it that is so important when making um, any type of alcohol. Otherwise, you'll get some. Sure and is. I think that's – I I remember when I was really young, my dad was making – my dad and my uncles were making um, home brews, like nice. making yeah. their own brews. Uh. And it was a common thing. Like I still remember – where they got it from cuz they got it off a TV commercial. I remember this TV commercial cuz it used to air all the time. I like, "Buy this" and it's like with four easy payments of 29.95. Yes. And uh, you know, they drank it, but none of it was good because they weren't really following any technical sides to it. <laughs> it. You know,
1: I always tell people that they always go, "Oh, you 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 know, do you have a degree in chemistry?" And I'm like, "No, I have a degree in archaeology and yeah. history <laughs> like I took I, I don't even no I didn't even take chemistry in university yeah. the, last, the last chemistry class I took was grade 12 right like the yep. chemistry behind it is not it's not rocket science yeah I, I always say there's more witchcraft and and um, artistic ability or m- more like a chef yeah then and those are the best distillers I find the ones that are just like they follow the recipe to the letter the thing about the thing about distilling is it's it's there's so much art and it is the art of distilling there's so your botanicals or your base product or your malt will it's never the same each time yeah so you need to you need to have that sixth sense about what you should do with it in in what you should not do with it right so so yeah you know if you make an error in distilling the nice thing about it is you can usually put the spirit back in and, and distill it through and clean it up. So, you know, it's not like you have to dump it down a drain, which is nice, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot more that, and I think that's kind of what ties in with my whole life playing music is there's that, there's that certain feel, Hmm. right? Like the, a musician can be technically unbelievable, but just sound absolutely terrible because You know, we just play staccato the whole time where you you go and see the dude that's, you know, really laid back and he's just laying it down. And it's just like, whoa, man, that's the best ever. Yeah. Right. So. So, yeah, there's kind of that. There's definitely a big mix for sure. in that. Yeah, that's
0: fun. I like it. Um, Well, as we start to wrap up here, one thing I always like to ask people, what's something that's awesome? What's something that's awesome? Yeah.
1: I would say I would say um, the island of Islay in Scotland is awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. I would say that's awesome. I've never been there. <laughs> I want to be there. Yeah. No. What else is awesome? My wife and my kids, they're awesome. Nice. They're super awesome. Yeah. Reason I do it.
0: Yeah. Yep. And they uh, they it's nice to have that support network as well that is happy with what you're doing and. All that fun stuff. Well, they might be happy with what I'm doing, but... but They're my, happy when you my, throw my, Harry Potter trivia. Well, <laughs> well,
1: my my wife might, might actually be, be happy that I'm here 80 hours a week. And not, <laughs> 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 no, no. When we do spend time together, it's special. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, um, so quickly here, uh, 42nd Ave Southeast is where we're at, right? Yep. Um, just On off the corner of, of Manhattan. Yeah, just off of McLeod Trail there. Um, and, like, there's so many great places in this area. I think that people forget that there's a lot of local um, businesses, breweries, cideries, distillery, winery. Like <laughs> so, yeah, we can
1: walk. Okay, from, from here right now where yeah. we're sitting, we could walk not even five minutes and we're at Annex and Establishment. Yep. Right? Or we could hang a right down at Cal Tire and be at Brody's at at Uncommon yeah. in, you know, maybe six minutes yeah. there. And then, okay, we'll feel like a glass of wine, go around the corner, go see Chris yeah. at City and Country. That's what, maybe, well, probably about 10 minutes from here. Probably. Because you can't, as, as a crow flies, yeah. it would be probably five minutes, but yeah. you'd have to go through the... Go through somebody's warehouse. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> go across and the train track. And yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Like, and then if you turn around the corner from there, you go down. There's, there's, there's Born Brewing and Cabin and, yeah. and Ross at Confluence yeah. Distilling, and and down the street is is is
0: Band Peak. Yeah, right. Like it's awesome. I recommend all these places all the time to people, especially like I love all types of alcohol, but I everybody knows that people who aren't beer fans um, and or you need a beer break. So that's why it's nice to have these little other places um, and check it out. And, I mean, you guys have beers here as well. So, like, people come in. If if you have that person who's a diehard, not a yep. liquor person. That's why we have it. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've got it for the dude that's like, I ain't drinking a co- cocktail. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. I, got, I got a PBR for you, yeah, buddy. Here you go. <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a great spot. It's easy to get to and uh, such a – I love this tap room. I think it's so cool in here and it is cozy. It just, it feels, it feels nice in here. Thanks. Chris. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. There's
1: a lot of thought put into it. Well, so I
0: appreciate it, it works out. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you don't come until I'm hosting an event here, that's cool, but come anytime. It's such a cool thing. Anything else you want people to know about Two Rivers? What are we going to do for trivia in oh. March?
1: Oh, yeah. Good question. Because the next one's Lord <laughs> of the Rings. That yes. Lord so of the Rings. Maybe we should ask people what they want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We should put it out there because uh, Lord of the Rings was a request people were having yeah. for me.
1: And, and it's sold. Yeah. Well, there's a few tickets left, I think. Hey? I think
0: there's just a couple. And then, of course, like, there's. I've had some people reach out about. Uh, I haven't done Star Wars in a very long time, Ooh. And, and Marvel as well. Like okay. Both of those have so much to work with there. Um, so, yeah, we'll put it out to people, see what's up. Um, now, Star Wars uh, Episode 4,
1: 5, and 6, <laughs> or, or, you know, are you going to put 1, 2, and 3 in there?
0: I'd probably do...
1: 1 through 6? 1 through 6... Because I got to be honest with you, I've only watched the new ones once. I was a diehard Star Wars (laughs) fan, and they suck.
0: Well, it just with the trivia sometimes like you don't want to go too much it's the same yeah. when i host the simpsons trivia i always like narrow it down to like the first 12 seasons perfect the the like the ones that everybody knows and loves and watches all the time yeah um and then the same when i do like lord of the rings we're doing the movies and i'm like we're not doing the theatrical or we're doing the theatrical versions not the extended versions because we also don't have time for that and that just adds so much in and then throw in the books and it becomes too much so you kind of have to narrow it down so star wars if we did it, it would probably just be the movies not include any of the TV shows, even though The Mandalorian is so good. But I love that. Yeah, that was so great. Good. That was really good. Yeah. Um, and then, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll put it out there, see what people, because really, just episodes four, five, and six, I can get four rounds of easily. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, they're the best with stuff so much still left yeah. over. So I saw, I saw, and
1: this this is gonna age me. I saw <laughs> Star Wars. I saw Star Wars in the theater, um, 1977. My brother picked me up. My older brother picked me up in his brand new 1977 GMC Jimmy. <laughs> he had an 8-track stereo installed in it, and he had Super Tramp. I think it was... I think it was Crime of the Century or Breakfast in America. Yeah. Just blasting on it. And and I still remember that to this day, driving to the theater. And this was when we lived in Kingston, Ontario. Yeah. To the theater on Princess Street, the Odeon, to go see Star Wars. And And I don't remember the movie at all, but I remember the end of it. At the end of it, there was a trailer for Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And I was like... Oh, my God, there's another one. <laughs> I was so jacked. I was just, oh, man, it was awesome. It That's, was so awesome. Okay,
0: so come down to Two Rivers. Try some delicious cocktails. Talk cocktails with Mark. Talk Star Wars. <laughs> 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 talk music. <Yeah. laughs> there's so much to do. Um, yeah, it's a great place, and uh, y- you can bring your kids down, too. Like, yep.
1: Kids are welcome until 8 p.m.
0: Yeah, kids are welcome until 8 p.m. So if you're looking for that Saturday afternoon, um, especially while we're still in this, law weather where it's not the nicest out, but you want to get out of the house and you want to get the kids out of the house. Um, and you're like, but I need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. just, don't just go to Boston pizza. <laughs> yeah,
1: lots, lots. Yeah. And we've got like mac and cheese and stuff yeah. for the kids too. So you can always throw some food down their gullet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's we've perfect. got like a, a milk crate full of kids toys from my kids that yeah. are here.
0: So yeah. yeah, it's all good. It's perfect. Yep. Well, thank you, Mark, for uh, being here today on the podcast with me. Appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Um, check out Two Rivers. Uh, Instagram is Two Rivers Distillery. Distilling. Distilling, yes. Two yeah. Rivers Distilling. But Facebook is Two Rivers Distillery. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Well, I'll be taking all of it. You yeah. know what's up. But uh, <laughs> yes, thank you so much, Mark. And uh, thank you all for passing time with me this time. And uh, we'll chat soon.